Hi, this is Mark Raven. Welcome to episode 179 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from February 2nd, 2017. Throwback Thursday, my reflections on Dr. Deming's notes from a 1987 hospital stay. So today's post is a look back at a document written by the late great W. Edwards Deming back in 1987 after he was hospitalized. It's the focus of my recent guest post for the W. Edwards Deming Institute, a post titled Reflections on Dr. Deming's Hospital Notes, What Has Changed Since 1990. In the post, I review his notes and share some of my reflections and questions about the progress it's made or not been made in the 30 years since he wrote that and the 12 years since I moved into healthcare. So here is that post. About 10 years ago, somebody sent me a PDF file of Dr. Deming's uh, document titled Some Notes on Management in a Hospital. I felt like somebody had shared a bootleg tape of my favorite band, as I wasn't sure the article had ever been formally published anywhere. Since I wasn't sure if it was a public article, I didn't share it widely, I, I didn't blog about it, but I was happy to see John Hunter share the article on the Deming Institute blog last year, along with some context. It turns out it had been published in the Journal of the Society for Health Systems, an organization I'm active with today, including running Deming's Red Beat experiment at the 2016 conference. So now that the article is out there, I'd like to share some thoughts and reflections on my decade in healthcare improvement. The SHS journal article starts with a brief introduction that's not in the original document by Dr. Deming that summarizes the key points, all of which are still relevant today. Too many healthcare workers don't understand the system or value stream that they're a part of. They know their work, but they don't understand the connections to other departments or even to others performing different roles in the same department. They don't understand those connections. And this lack of understanding isn't the fault of these individuals. Lean methods such as value stream mapping and improvement projects carried out by cross-functional teams can break down barriers and increase understanding. I've seen many organizations progress from blaming those nameless jerks in another department to working together toward the goal of better patient care. Now, it's still true today that, as Deming said, hard work and best efforts are not sufficient for the optimization of a system. Most hospitals and doctor's offices today aren't designed as a system. It's more like a collection of smart, hardworking individuals who've just been thrown into a building in the hope that everything will somehow sort itself out because everybody is smart, hardworking, and caring. A system doesn't design itself and a system doesn't manage itself. But thankfully, some organizations are learning that uh, lean design or 3P and similar methods like design thinking can help design better systems that help people be successful. It's often not much more complicated than studying the patient's needs, studying the work and respecting engaging team members to have a say in how processes, technology and spaces are designed and utilized. From a quality and patient safety standpoint, too many healthcare organizations still rely on asking people to be careful as if those best efforts are a way to reduce and prevent human error. The, uh, the verbal beatings and, and blaming and punishing will continue until safety and quality improve. Well, thankfully, some organizations are realizing that quality and safety must be built into the system rather than being inspected in, or worse, punished in by blaming individuals who make inevitable mistakes. 
Too many organizations and oversight bodies like the federal government rely on quality measures, which might be inaccurate, unfair, or gamed in some way, along with backward-looking financial punishments or rewards. Pay-for-performance systems sound good at first, but often prove dysfunctional, as Dr. Deming warned us about decades ago. Now, my ophthalmologist told me once that his CMS measures, his um, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, quality incentive payments were delayed. This is where the federal government was paying him some portion of reimbursement that had been held back to be paid based on his quality measures. So why was the payment delayed? Well, my doctor said he had reported zero post-surgical complications, a number I could only trust to be true and accurate. Because zero was an unexpected result, the government apparently saw zero as missing data and he had to file appeals to get paid what he was entitled to. This was frustrating and, and not good for his cash flow, of course. The lesson learned? The ophthalmologist said he learned to report having one complication, even if that wasn't actually the case. Well, so much for his pride and joy and work. Now, Dr. Deming, in that introduction to his notes, talks about the need to respect and consider all points of view in healthcare. The best lean thinking organizations today put this into action when they do a better job of listening to employees of all classifications and pay grades. These organizations help form teams with a better understanding of their work and system instead of a department just being a collection of individuals. Lean organizations engage every employee, regardless of the letters after their names, in improvement through plan, do, study, adjust cycles and a Kaizen improvement process. When I teach at health systems, I always ask, who's heard of Dr. Deming? Many hands go up. I ask how many have heard of PDSA or PDCA, and again, many hands go up, although it's not always the same hands. When I ask how many think they get to actually practice PDSA, most hands stay down at most organizations. Now again, this is changing in organizations that really practice lean, although Sadly, some organizations would say they were, quote unquote, implementing lean without engaging everybody in improvement. I see the best efforts of too many individuals being squandered. This includes nurses, doctors and other healthcare professionals who are being worn down by the, quote unquote, forces of destruction that Dr. Deming described. This also includes managers and leaders who are so consumed with firefighting and bureaucracy that they're not able to spend time helping improve the system. I also see people in departments labeled lean or process improvement who have their skills and efforts squandered because senior leaders think quality isn't their responsibility or that it can be delegated. The use of random lean tools isn't transforming any health system. Those that are making great progress have lived the Deming idea that quality starts at the top in the boardroom. Now the scenarios that Dr. Deming describes in his article could all happen today in a hospital, although he would have likely had a private room and slightly better food. I heard similar complaints from my grandfather before he passed away last year at age 93, which is actually the same age as Dr. Deming when he passed. These problems, the same in 1987 or in 2016 or 2017 include, nurses get distracted due to poor systems and work design and forget to come back to the room as promised. Care gets delayed. There's variation in work methods and practice that are noticeable to patients and sometimes affect their care. Hospitals run out of medications or supplies due to poor supply chain de design, often due to choosing the low-cost supplier or trying to cut corners on inventory due to a misapplication of just-in-time principles. 
Nurses can't perform nursing duties, such as giving medications at the right time, because they're busy with tasks that could be done by housekeeping or a tech. The same is often true with pharmacists and anesthesiologists. And the hospital often thinks they're saving money by skimping on support staff, but that might not really pan out. Little details are often ignored, such as the wash basin or shower design in Dr. Deming's room. A current example might be a hospital not putting a hookup for an IV bag in the patient bathroom, a problem that's often avoided through the use of lean design methods. Charting often gets done in advance as a way of saving time, but medications or orders sometimes then don't get followed, leading to missing care and inaccurate records. When problems are reported or discovered, the response is too often reactive with promises to do better and no real improvement. Now, again, as Dr. Deming would have said, the problem is not the workers. Hospital leaders need to learn something about supervision as only they can make changes in procedure and responsibility that are required, as, as Deming said. Has there been some progress in healthcare? Well, sure. As William Gibson wrote, the future is here. It's just not widely distributed yet. From what I've seen, the best quote unquote lean hospitals with the best results have a foundation of systems improvement in management that is based as much on Deming principles as anything. Now, yes, lean mindsets have significant overlap with Deming's teachings, which is not surprising given his influence on Toyota. And lean methods can be very effective in creating a culture of quality and improvement, but there's still too big of a gap. Too many patients are being harmed and killed and too many healthcare professionals are getting frustrated due to poor management and bad systems. We have to do better. It's proven that we can do better, but will everybody do so? So that is the post for the Deming Institute. Um, so I ask you, you know, come, come to my blog or go to the Deming blog. You can find links, go to leanblog.org slash audio 179 as a starting point. How much progress has been made? And why do some of the same problems still exist in too many hospitals here some 30 years later? What would you teach leaders about supervision that could lead to better patient care and a better workplace for healthcare providers?